0: and its truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 100 in its entirety. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you again for being so kind to us to permit us the privilege of meeting again in the house of prayer. Lord, we come because you've summoned us to be here and you've given us this blessed day and opportunity to come and gather as a body of believers to hear from you one more time. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, and we ask right now if you would be so kind to search our hearts and our minds, O Lord, and then if you find anything that's not pleasing to you, we plead the blood of Jesus over that situation right now. Would you please remove it if you see fit, O Lord? But if you don't see fit to remove it, give us the strength that it will not stop us from hearing from you tonight. We want to hear a word from you, O God, that we can give your name all of the glory. We praise you in advance, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good evening. Again, we are excited about what the Lord is doing, how he is continuing to shine upon us his grace, his mercy, um, for we recognize that they are everlasting. And if you have not told God thank you um, for what he's done for you just today, Um, this would be a pretty good time to just go ahead and open your mouth and tell him thank you. Uh, yeah he's 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 been good to all of us and in spite of what we've got to deal with he's still good Um, it is my prayer that you have been blessed um, already this year um, that you can already see the greatness that God has placed in your life on the inside of you the greatness that he has placed in you to be displayed to this world in fact um, if you heard if you heard um, the morning devotion um, this morning. It's talked about the fact he wants you. Amen. Hey, I'm still excited. i listened to it about 15 times. Um, he wants you. Um, if you didn't hear it, if, you, if you're not hooked up where you're getting the daily devotions, uh, make sure you see us before the day is out, um, that we can make sure you get connected, that every morning you can receive um, the, the, the daily devotions. He wants you, and that's a good thing to note That you serve a God that sits high, looks low, and is still interested in you. I get excited about that because, um, in my few years here on this earth, it's some folk um, that found out some stuff about me and they don't fool with me no more. (laughs) Uh, But I serve a God that knows everything and does not withhold anything from me. So I get excited about that. Uh, Some people, some people, hate on you. Some people hate on you based on a rumor. But God loves you knowing everything. And so I'm excited about the fact that we have that kind of God. I don't have to tell you, but I'll repeat it anyway. Um, Our our assignment for 2018 is to walk in greatness, to manifest greatness. I'll say it again. Our assignment for 2018 is to walk in greatness, to manifest greatness. And that means we're going to have to develop where we have one voice and one vision. Let me put it to you this way. When I I was in elementary school, they told me a simple phrase, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. And you've got to be very clear about that because there's so many of us that hear the word of God, but there are certain parts of that word that we don't necessarily believe. I'll say it again. Um, We read it, we hear it, But we don't necessarily believe it. Um, Stuff like greater works than these that I do, you will do. Amen. Uh, Jesus saying, you're going to do greater works than me. Come on, be real. I heard it. But that's kind of hard for me to wrap my mind around talking about I can do greater works than Jesus. Is that not blasphemy? (laughs) For me to say I can do greater works than Jesus? Well, if he said it, it's possible. Why? Because he can't lie. So therefore, if it came from his mouth, my 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 job is not to understand it, but it is to believe it. And so therefore, therefore, I'm striving for that greater works. I don't know about you, I'm striving for that greater works. Um, I want to see uh, that word come true and be manifested in my life. And in fact, it has to happen, because the Bible says, "Before uh, before one jot or tittle of my word shall fail, heaven and earth will pass away." And earth is still here. That means his word has yet to fail. Um, therefore, therefore, greatness is all over us. Um, tonight, I just want to kickstart this thing by reminding us um, what we started off on, on Sunday, introducing to us that there's this thing called a dirty blessing. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah. You weren't out here Sunday, get the tape, get the video. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, is all of us, as the Bible says, are but filthy rags. Yeah. Amen. I don't care how long you've been rolling in church. I don't care how long you've been serving in church. I don't care what title you hold because God is not a respecter of person. That title means nothing to the Lord. But the Bible lets us know, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not y'all, but all. That means regardless of your title, you've got some stains on you. You and I, if we're honest with ourselves, did something today. That God was not pleased with, come on, uh, come on, tell the truth. Um, sometimes on Monday, I don't look like the person I portray on Sunday. All right. All right. When I come to church, I know how to put it. yeah, I know to put the mask on. I know I know how to put that, put that cloak and dagger on. I know how to walk in here and act like I got it all together. Hello, but cut me off in traffic. I <laughs> have been there? <laughs> you, 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 better, you, you better be mindful of the fact that there, there are some aspects about me that still be coming right. amen I, I can just be honest about me um, I, now I'm not bragging about it I recognize I'm still a work in progress that, that's why I've got to daily stay before his face get in his presence because if I don't tame that creature that creature will tame me right. yeah. amen yeah. it'll make me as the devil set out to do, cuss God to his face. It'll make me do some things, hello, that will make God ashamed of me. Did you hear me? Have you ever done something that, that you are ashamed of yourself? Yeah. Amen. And, and then you, you walk away saying, I know better. <laughs> there it is. That's it. That's it right there. That's it right there. I'm tripping. You're right. But here's what the Lord wants us to recognize. There's still greatness in you. Can can you shout greatness? Greatness. Amen. Amen. Greatness. Now, listen, we want to call your attention back to 2 Kings, 2 Kings, 2 Kings, Kings chapter 5, (laughs) 2 Kings, chapter 5. Look, we're going to read the first 14 verses that you can get a grasp of what we were attempting to introduce to you. I'm going to put it on the screen. Y'all don't have to worry about it. Uh, So we'll all have the same version. Um, But listen, I want you to see these first 14 verses. Because if you read these first 14 verses, you'll see why it's so difficult for the preacher to stand before you on Sunday and give you a sermon in 20 minutes, in 30 minutes. And you'll be saying, oh, he's a long-winded preacher. Well, in these 14 verses, you'll discover it's so much in these 14 verses. I could preach these 14 verses for the next six weeks and not have to repeat anything. It's that much in there. And so sometimes... The preacher's trying to give you all of this stuff because he got so much in it. If you've been studying, it's there. In 14 verses, can I tell you, it's something in every verse that can be preached multiple times. And so I want to call your attention that you can see how God begins to share with us. Why is this important? It's important because you and I need to be very clear about, one, who we are and whose we are. Did you hear what I just said? You have to be clear with who you are and whose you are. Because if you don't know who you are, there's a fella by the name of Satan that will try to tell you whose you are. Amen. Because if you don't know who you are, you won't know whose you are. Okay. If you don't know you are a child of God, you won't know you belong to God. Because you're going to do some stuff that does not reflect the child of God. Amen. That just come with the territory. Have your children ever done something that you didn't teach them? Yeah. I'm going to keep moving. Where you get that from? You ain't get that from this house. First Kings, chapter, second Kings, back at it. Second Kings, chapter five, verse one. Let's read it. Naaman was. A truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aaron, one of the, come on, expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day she said to her mistress, Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel had said. Well, then go, said the king of Aram, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So he went off, taking with him about 700 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothes. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel, the letter read: When you get this letter, you'll know that I have personally sent my servant Naaman to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset. Ripping his robe to pieces, he said, Am I a God with the power to bring death or life, that I can get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? That's kings trying to pick a fight. That's what's up. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he ripped his robe to shreds. He sent a word to the king. Why are you so upset, ripping your robe like this? Send him to me so he'll learn there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman with his horses and chariots arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel, saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. Call on the name of God, wave his hand over the disease spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, Abner. Far, far, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off mad as a hornet. But his servant caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not simple, wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. Amen. It's a <laughs> lot of reading, but it's so much in that. Can I ask you a question? What jumped out? Whole lot, ain't it? Did, did you hear me? I like hearing that, obedience, a lot of stuff, a whole lot. Now, now, now I need you to understand that because next time I stand in front of you and I can't get through with it, now you know why. It's so much, and it's always something hotter. Hey, talk about me. Don't, don't forget me. Tell them about me. It's always a passage. It's always something that's saying, talk about me. And can I tell you, it deserves to be talked about. We just don't have all the time to talk about everything. That's why study is important. You know why? Because anytime I call out a text to you on Sunday, you ought to be reading that text during the week. Before it, after it, to see exactly what's surrounding it. Because I may not be able to get to everything, especially when I get excited. <laughs> That's when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but but the point of the matter is, here's what the Lord wants you to learn how to do. How to follow the Spirit. How, how many know? How many know? That God has given you a spirit. Amen. Uh, some people call it instinct. Another word is, you said it. You own it, girl. Preach this for, Come on, preach this for me. <laughs> Intuition. You get me? Oh, one more thing. Have you ever said I should have followed my first mind? <laughs> God gives you a spirit. The reason he gives you a spirit is because he knows that's how he communicates with you. Remember, Jesus told them in the book of Acts, don't leave because God is going to send you a comforter, a guide called the Holy Spirit. And what it's going to do is empower you. Did you hear what I just said? Don't you leave. Stay right here. Don't you leave. Stay right here. Until the spirit, your God, your comforter shows up, because then you will be empowered. Now, since he said we're going to receive the Holy Spirit, which is going to be our guide, which is going to be our comforter. Since we have received it now, our job is to recognize when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us and to know how to follow it. And for me, sometimes that's difficult. What makes it difficult is this thing we talked, we mentioned on last week. Um, Some of y'all remember it. This thing we call culture. Because culture we discovered last week has a tendency of, let me give you the definition first, the customary beliefs, social forms, and material traits of a racial, religious, or social group. Right? That's culture. You had that last week. But here is what culture has a tendency to do if you're not careful. It would enslave you. In other words, it'll tell you you know your place. Stay in this place. You can't do n- the. You can't do this. You can't do that. No, this ain't for you. Only men can do this. Oh, women got to stay in this place. The Kitchen and the bedroom, Florida. The Kitchen and the bedroom. That's culture. Culture. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> you understand? Culture, right? Am I correct? Culture would tell you this is all you can do. But what do you do when God has more for you that does not line up with culture? Amen. What do you do when the word is saying you can do more, but culture is saying you're in this box? You get me? And, and the hardest thing for me as a minister is sometimes to break through my culture because I was brought up like this. This is all I ever knew. And to me, this was it. This was right. It was true. This is what we did. But what you got to recognize is that may have but been what we did in 1980, but this 2018. In other words, there was a time when you did a term paper for school, you used a typewriter. Y'all remember that? You're telling your age. You're telling your age if <laughs> you use typewriter. You use typewriter, right? And when you made a mistake on the typewriter, wasn't it frustrating? That correction tape, tell me again, that correction tape, you got to go through all that. Yeah, yeah, it was a job to go make that correction, right? Uh, But I'm here to to tell y'all, I'm here to tell y'all, if you still using a typewriter in 2018, I mean, you might be able to get the job done. But uh, you show making it more difficult for yourself. Amen. In fact, the, the last major typewriter company shut down. So I need you to—I need you to see. Once you run out the little correction tape you got left, <laughs> I wish you will. You get what I'm saying? Culture will enslave you. We'll get more into it. Culture will bury you before you die. This is it. You can't go any further. This is your ceiling. This is as high as you can go. Oh, you're a felon, so you can't get this. You can't get that because you got a record. Culture will bury you before you die. And if you're not careful, you'll start using that as your excuse for not accomplishing, for not achieving. Won't nobody hire me? So what? Y'all looking at me strange. If they won't hire you, get creative. Create your own job. Amen. Quit waiting on them, whoever they may be. If you make yourself valuable. Somebody will want what you have to offer. They don't care about your background. What they care about is can you get the job done? So therefore, you have to make sure that you fight through culture. Let me ask you a question. In the first 14 verses, did anybody see any culture that jumped out that would have hamstrung this fellow by the name of Naaman? Just curious. Anybody. Oh, let me help you. He was a leper. And the culture says, for a leper, that enslaved him. You get it? Uh Uh-oh. Amber alert. The culture did what? It enslaved him. Because it said, culture said, if you have leprosy, which is akin to our modern day AIDS, let's put it that way. You know how we view people with AIDS, right? Well, you know how we did at first. Now listen, here's the point. He was considered unclean, right, because he had leprosy. So the culture said you have to live in a leprous colony with other sick folk, and then you cannot come in the public setting. You cannot come and be in, the, in a public gathering because you are unclean. And Keisha, to make sure you recognize you can't come, if he shows up and gets next to you, and touches you, now you unclean too. So now, culture says, not only can you come, I don't want you around me. Because I don't want what you have rubbing off on me. That's what the culture says. And so looking at culture, Naaman could have never, ever, ever been a captain of the Syrian army. Did you hear what I just said? You see, if you listen to culture, you're going to miss out on some stuff God have with your name on it. Because culture says you can't have it, but God say, hey, but this is for you. Oh, I shout every day that I have a God that's not bound by culture. Because we have a culture that some folks don't even believe there is a God. Amen. We have a culture that some folks say you crazy for believing in Jesus. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, I don't care what the culture say. I'm calling on the name of Jesus every day. So you've got to be careful because you will be enslaved and not even understand it. You don't have no shackles on you, but your mind is enslaved. That's even worse. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you but you. This imaginary force field that they put around you and tell you what you can't do because you got pregnant before you got married and all of a sudden now you got this stack. Now, I don't want to hear all that. Now you can't go to school. No, it may be more difficult, but you can get it done. Oh, yeah. And you got to be of the mindset that you're not going to allow culture to dictate or define you. Yeah. Amen. Uh, move on. Let me see if I can tell you about naming real quick. Because here's the thing about naming. Naming, we found out his name means pleasantness. You hear me? His name means pleasantness. Now, Wallace, that's amazing. Because how you going to stay pleasant if you're looked at as unclean? Nobody wants you in their presence. Everybody looks at you with disdain. Who don't come around me. Here comes Naaman. He's nasty. How you going to maintain your pleasantness? You get me? In other words, uh, we come to church... How you going to maintain your smile when somebody pass you up and don't speak to you? <laughs> Wait. How you going to keep the spirit of God Lie alive and vibrant when some messy person sits next to you? It'll happen. You you got to understand how the how the devil how the devil operates. It'll happen. And you've got to be very clear that you have an assignment from God. Let me tell you what you better recognize. You have to recognize that if you don't stay focused on God, you're going to have a problem. And your problem will be that the devil is going to take you away from your assignment for the day. Don't worry about it. Uh, still got to stay pleasant. <laughs> and and that's, what, that's what tends to happen. You've got to, you've got to find yourself... You've got to find yourself a space where you recognize you're not going to let nobody rob you of the joy that God has given you. I don't care what the culture say. My grandmama used to say it, and I heard my mother say it, and I heard other saints say it. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Now, when I heard them say it, I didn't understand what they were saying. But life will teach you something. Anybody ever been there? Here's another thing you'll find out when you read these first 14 verses. He's a Syrian, Miss Alice. Let me tell you what makes that important. What makes that important is the Jews believe that God was specifically their God. The children of Israel were handpicked of God. Syria was an enemy. In fact, we're going to find out they had been in wars against Israel. In other words, they were an enemy of God. Did you hear what I just said? That's important, Miss Alice, because this man, who's a leper, right, is supposedly, according to culture, an enemy of God. No relationship. In fact, he worships idol gods. Ooh. Say it again, girl. You're preaching it for me. Tell me about it. And then he's a the commander of the armies. He couldn't have never, never done all of that according to culture. Because he's a leper. Right? He's sick. He's a Syrian. In fact, some say he should have been dead already. Oh, he was afflicted with leprosy, so we know that. So now watch this. That's what we learned about Naaman. Oh, but there's somebody else I need you to get, get this picture of. I want you to see this so you can see it real quick, so you know I'm not making it up, right? Look at verse 2. It so happened that Aram, on one of his raiding expeditions against Israel, y'all see that? I just told you he was a Syrian. He was against God. Why? Look who he's fighting against in one of his raiding expeditions against Israel. Right. Watch this. Captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife, a little slave girl. You get me? And one day she said to her mistress, oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Did you hear that? Who said that? Who? A slave girl. A slave girl. Mm. What makes this important? Come on, let me talk about this slave girl real quick. I got to make sure. Yeah. Listen, y- if you want me to preach it, you got to understand all what's going on. Right. So, look, the slave girl. <coughs> she don't have no name. Hey, Tavares, that's important, because anytime you see a person of this caliber in Scripture that has no name it's so that you can put your name there. Did you hear what I just said? I, I thank God for that. Uh, because this slave girl who has no name. Hold up. Can I tell you? All of us are a slave to something. Ooh, you may never want to admit it. Yours may be cigarettes. It may be energy drinks. It, it, it could... I ain't say nothing. I'm going down the street. Put your name there. Uh, And then because I get in trouble every week. Never heard from again. Hey, call you. Can I tell you? Your name just may be called one time. But once is enough. When you fulfill the purpose, the assignment that God has for you, once is enough. You never hear from this slave girl again. But can I tell you? I bet you who would never forget her is a person named Name. Oh, I just thought I'd throw this in, Sydney. Sometimes in church, you may never get your name called, but if you're doing it for the Lord, <laughs> bless me, slave girl. Come on, talk to me. Look what she does, y'all. She maintains. Her faith, where? In a strange land. Don't you tell nobody you go into this job with these heathens no more. Because maybe he sent you there. He sent light into darkness. Now you get there and shine like he wants you to shine. You letting them rub off on you when he called you out of darkness into the marvelous light? that you can be an example for him? Now get in front of them heathens and show the heathens what a real child of God looks like. In a strange land. Did you hear me? She maintained her faith. How do you know it's a strange land? Syria is a heathen land. You see who they're fighting against? The children of God. They have false Idol gods. They worship Xbox, LeBron James. Oh, let me go back over here. <laughs> they don't care about God. You get what I'm saying? In a strange land, she maintained her faith as a slave. Okay, I'm gonna, tell you, I'm gonna talk more about that maybe in a few. Can I tell you what she also did? She put her life on the line for her belief in her God. Let me tell you how you know that. Because, Nikita, if naming goes to this fella that she called a prophet and don't nothing happen, he already, you already read where he got mad. So he got attitude. Can you imagine what's going to happen to her when he get back? I'm the captain and you embarrass me like that? Mm -hmm. She put her life on the line because she knew what her God could do. Listen, this slave girl, even though she had suffered wrong, had a kind heart, was full of sorrow for her master's name. Let me ask you a question, man. When folk do you wrong, can you maintain a kind heart? <laughs> you better than me. I got to pray hard. I got to be prayed up. Amen. It's a process. Did you hear what I just said? It's a process. Because cause sometimes I can see the words coming out. Anybody been there? And I'm like, no, no, come back. Don't you say it? Yeah, i be yeah. trying to catch them as they leave in my mouth. Ah! Too, late. too late. Lord, forgive me. Yeah. I, I too much. You, you get what I'm saying? So now, here's what it is. You got to learn how to respect and follow the spirit. Here's the first thing on your handout you're going to have to discover. All things. Did you hear me? Work together. Now, These first three verses that we just shouted out, just ran through, can you see how much transpired in just these three? In just these three. First of all, we find out about a fellow by the name of Naaman who has a good report. Why does he have a good report? He has a good report because he's been winning these battles. Oh, but before you get too excited about him winning battles, you got to go back and check out one thing because it says, it says that he wasn't just winning battles, but look at what it says. Verse one, God had given. Did did y'all see that? Now notice that God is a capital G. You get what I'm saying? Because capital G God means Jehovah. All right? When you read scripture, if you see God in a lower case, that's an idol God. You get me? So capital G let you know it's referring to the creator, the supreme, the king of kings, lord of lords, God, Yahweh, Jehovah, Yahshua. Listen, God, don't worry about it, it cut off, that light? We're good? Uh, God, is so, God is so good that he can bless who he want to bless. Did you hear me? Watch this. Whenever you want to bless him. Now back up. This fellow is not from the tribe of Israel. He's a Syrian in a heathen country. Did you hear me? In a heathen country. Here is who he is. He's a Syrian. He's an enemy of God. Y'all got to hear that. And an enemy of God And the scripture says, and God gave him the victory. That's why you got to be careful how you handle people that you don't think are Christians. Because the Bible says, no, he wasn't what we would consider to be a Christian. But guess who gave him the victory? See, God got somebody that he haven't cleaned up yet that's still out there on the cut doing that stuff that they do on the cut, that can do more for, you, for, more for God than you could ever do. Yeah. You better be careful how you look down your nose at somebody because they don't smell like you smell, don't walk like you walk, talk like you talk, don't pack big Bibles like you pack them, don't go to church every time the door is open. But you got to recognize that does not mean God is not operating on their behalf. Now, everybody in here should have shouted, because if you're not there now, you've been there before. And I'm so glad he didn't wait till I got my act together to start looking out for me. Because I'd have never got it together. But for the grace of God, when I was yet still a sinner, Christ died for me. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Back up, slow down. God gave him, watch this, but yet he was still diseased. In other words, in other words, you gotta get this, Tiffany. God could use you even when you are sick. Yes. Do you hear me? Even with your issues, he can use you. Even when you don't have it all together, he can use you. That's the beauty of God. He don't need to clean you up to use you. He'll let you stay filthy and still use you. That's why we shout every Sunday. Not because we are so clean and so holy, but he takes a mess and still can bless a mess like us. Ooh. I'm getting cheer bumps. Y'all stop before I start shouting. That's just verse one. Look at what's happening. All things work together. Here goes somebody that's not even connected to God, but God is using him. But wait a minute. Mr. Swanson, I got to answer this question. I got to ask this question. If the children of Israel are God's people, why would he give their enemies the victory over them? (laughs) <laughs> to whoop them to punish them they wasn't in the right place because you have folk that think cause you go to church God gotta bless everything you touch everything you ask for in prayer he's got to give it to you everything that goes wrong in your life you say the devil's so busy what if it's God Because according to the scripture, the children of Israel lost because God decided they needed to lose. Ooh. It does. Did you hear what I just said? You are a child of God. And sometimes God puts you in a situation where he let the enemy have victory over you. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, Job, come here. What you want, Lord? The devil is after you. Don't worry about it. So the devil says, hey, I'm going up and down, to and fro, seeking who I can devour. And God said, you ain't got to look. Don't wait. No, that's too much work. Let me select somebody for you. Have you considered my servant, Job? But when you read above that, it said Job was the most honorable man in the region. There's none like Job. He prayed to God, had a relationship with God, had a lifestyle dedicated to God. And God said, you're just the one I want to use to allow the devil to attack. Now, can I ask you a question? Can God shoot with an attack from the devil? We say all things work together. Right? So why do you give the devil credit for what's going on in your life? Because if you're a child of God, he can't get to you lest he come through God first. So therefore, it's not the devil. Who is it? It's God. Did you hear that? Now that just messed up somebody's theology. Because you heard Prophet pop off on the TV saying. (laughs) (laughs) But when you read scripture, don't worry about what the culture on the TV say, because the scripture just told you you can be a child of God and God can let you come up short. He can let you come up what appears to be on the losing end. Because sometimes you learn more in defeat than you ever would have learned in victory. Ooh, don't preach tonight. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't Don't you do it. Don't you do it. I'm still on the first part of this page. Don't you do it. Listen, listen, listen. You want to know why you know God like you know him? Because you fail like you failed. Had you never failed? Had you never fallen flat on your face? Had you never gotten yourself in that predicament? You wouldn't know God can do what he did for you unless you got yourself in that situation. Now can't nobody tell you nothing about what God can't do in your life because you've been there for yourself. Take the job. I've been jobless before. (laughs) Take my health. I've been to the hospital before. I've been under doctor's care before. I even did it with no insurance. Take it all because I got a God who's able to do anything but fail. Now, somebody can testify up in here tonight that if it had not been for the Lord on my side. All things. So here's what he teaches us. Uh, First of all, you got to know how to make the best of your current situation. Listen, you ought to never find yourself complaining about where you are. I'm not saying stuff don't happen that makes you want to complain. Amen. But because you are a child of God, you recognize that God is just setting the stage. Come here, somebody. See, he had to put you right there. He had to get you in that situation. He had to put you in that predicament that he could set the stage to teach you something, to show you something, to use you, because you had never would have gone that way if he hadn't let you go through what you had to go through. Now you're going to bump into somebody. Come here, Joseph. What you doing in that prison cell? Because there's a baker and a butler down there that needs to know that somebody is still connected to God, and God can work in a dungeon situation. Can anybody testify up in here? I met somebody while I was down there. You've got to make the best of every situation. I'm talking to somebody. I ain't rushing right there. He say, stay, stop, because somebody going through it right now. You say, Lord, when you gonna do it? Why me? No. You need to wake up and say, have at it, Lord. Do you? This is an opportunity for you to get some glory. This is an opportunity for somebody to see how you operate. Hello. This is an opportunity for somebody to see because they saw how low down I was. They saw how broke down I am. They see how jacked up I am. But, Lord, in this messed up situation, watch they can see how you lift me up, how you come to my rescue, how you turn this thing around. I ain't got to do nothing but stand here and give your name some glory. Can you smile even though it ain't going like you want it to go? I mean, you show up and they say, something different about you. And they know you messed up. Mm. Okay. I'm running out of time. But listen, slave girl teaches us another thing. Don't let your environment get in you. Sitting there getting ready to go off to school. It's an environment on that campus that all of it is not educational from a practical standpoint. Did you hear what I just said? All them parlors ain't holy. All them frat brothers ain't connected to God. Me what? And she got to be able to show up in that environment, hello, yeah. and still enjoy the college experience, but be able to enjoy it by giving God glory, Amen. not a letting the environment. Right. Let me tell y'all something. Let me just throw this in since I just mentioned Sid. Let me tell y'all, man. I just watched that episode of uh, Grownish, and it kind of messed me up. It's the new show that's spin off to Blackish. Uh, but not the a daughter done gone off to college. And uh, if you haven't seen it, if you got children, let me tell y'all something. You need to check out them first three couple of episodes. Cause it's blowing my mind about what's taking place at the college camp. Now, you know this. I've been, I've seen all these reports. I've walked on campuses. I've spoken at campuses, all this here. But just to see it again, sometimes it shakes you in a reality. It, and it, and it, it messes with you, especially when you know you got your loved ones going in that direction. Check it out. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Uh, we got to lay hands on her again. Uh, but at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you can't let your environment get in you. Um, If everybody at the job is no good, that don't mean you have to be no good. If your spouse is from the devil, that don't mean you got to act like you from the devil, too. Mm. Did you hear what I just did I say that? Uh, If they cuss you, you don't have to cuss them back. I know I I didn't say you didn't want to. (laughs) don't let your environment (laughs) you get what I'm saying in other words in other words in other words there's a difference between a thermometer and a thermostat because a thermometer only tells the temperature but a thermostat can change if you're a child of God, you've been called to be a thermostat. Right. If it's too hot in there, cool it off. Right. If it's too cool, heat it up. Yeah. You've got that kind of power because of who you are attached to. Yeah. But don't let the environment get in you. Yeah. Okay. They evil, so you want to be evil. So listen, let me raise this question um, because you've got to recognize God will send a word through an unexpected source. Did you hear me? Nobody could have said that through God allowing the children of Israel to get defeated in battle that God allowed this girl to be taken into slavery. Because you know you've you heard people say why would God let that happen? All this uh, trafficking going on now that we're hearing about all the time now. Uh, they, they trafficking people for all kinds of different reasons and you don't even recognize that Houston is... The number one hub yeah. for trafficking. Yeah. Did you hear what I just said? Mm-hmm. In the city you live in, you ain't never seen nobody be trafficked. Mm-hmm. It's the number one hub for trafficking. They get them here and send them everywhere. Yeah. Right up under our nose. Mm-hmm. And you've got to recognize, uh, sometimes you say, Lord, why you allow that to happen? Uh, slave girl. Slave girl. Because Naaman would have never known about God if he wouldn't have allowed the slave girl to show up. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, not just Naaman. Naaman's wife. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Not just Naaman's wife. The king. Yeah. So now look at all these folk getting impacted because God said, let me let my children take a setback. Yeah. Ooh, that I could win some more. Did you hear that? Let me let my children take a defeat so that I can add to the kingdom. It's amazing how God can add by subtraction. That's just, I don't understand it either. I ain't going to tell y'all I know it all. So you got to recognize he'll send a word through an unexpected source. Wait, Uh, what can you do to maximize where you are in your life right now? That's on your handout. Those lines are there for you to write something in. Amen. You might not write it right now, but before the night is over, write it. Because there's a situation in every one of our lives that can stand some improvement. Anybody there? Amen. Uh, and, and if you're going to improve, if you're going to get some improvement, it starts with the person you see in the mirror. It starts with me. So, therefore, you got to learn how to follow the Spirit. Why is it necessary to follow the Spirit? Because if you have not following the spirit, if you're in the flesh, you're going to say it's not right for the enemies of God to get the victory over the children of God. It's not right for the enemies of God to take a child of God into slavery. It's not right for a child of God to have to be demeaned and subjected to being a maid or a slave or a servant to somebody that don't care nothing about God. You're going to start looking at it from the flesh, and you're going to recognize when you look at life from the flesh, you're going to always be fleshly wrong. But when you follow the Spirit, God starts showing you some stuff, and folk don't understand why you do what you do. Uh, and we used to say that by my grandmother all this, even to this day. Bad as they treat you and you still feed them, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> she feed anybody. She, she feed anybody. These are the very folk that can't stand you, and you trying to take them a plate. And we sitting up there, no, we ain't doing that. We ready to fight. And she's like, yeah, you can fight, but after you take this plate to them. We didn't understand it. And she said, keep living. She had it right, too. I ain't going to lie to you. So therefore, you learn from the slave. You see that? These just three verses. I haven't even made it to verse three. Y'all hear me? Uh, because you got to recognize that not only does the slave girl teach us, teach us the value of recognizing everything happens for a reason, but the slave girl also teaches us that you and I, have to respect the process. Do you hear me? See, many of us, um, many of us don't respect the process, so we try to skip steps. Okay. 2018, we want to hook up. You get me? We want to hook up. So Naaman's wife believed, here's the process, Naaman took her, wait, Naaman took her word. Why would Naaman take her word if she's a slave? Evidently, her conduct showed Naaman that she was worth listening to. Because if she had a stank attitude, he wouldn't have believed her talking about no God. You don't know nothing about no God, I can tell. Because your attitude jacked up. How you going to tell me about going to church and you cuss everybody at it every day? <laughs> and they won't invite me to your church. I pass. <laughs> Sound like a cult to me. Uh, look at all these people got impacted. The process: Naaman's wife believed what the slave girl said. She took it to Naaman. Then Naaman took the word of the slave girl. Watch this. Then Naaman goes to the king, right? Then the king sends a letter. Then Naaman takes. Gift. Look at this process. Look at all that's transpiring because Naaman wants a blessing. But he wants a blessing from a God he don't even believe in. But he still couldn't shortcut the process. He could have said, I'm the captain of the god. I ain't going to no king for no letter. If that's a man over there that got power, I just beat them in battle. Did you hear me? And he could have went straight to try to get to where Elisha was. But that would have been disrespecting the process. So look at what happens. Naaman took gifts, and then, y'all, here's the thing that really gets me. Then the king, right, of Israel finds out, and the king of Israel went to God in prayer because he was scared. (laughs) Wait a minute. The king of Israel, not the king of Syria, the king of Israel is scared. And God has always proven to be on his side. Mm. But he's scared. And then when he gets scared, Elisha finds out and says, what you scared for? Mm -hmm. Tell old boy to come see me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. See, you need some people in your life that's connected to God enough to know when you tripping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they ain't going along with that. Wait a minute. What you tripping for? Right. What you scared for? H- have you not heard? Do you not know? Do you not know the king of kings? Do you not know what God has done for us? Do you not know what he still has the power to do? What you scared for? Do you not know who's on your side? Do you not know who you are a child of? What you scared for? Yeah. See, you need somebody in your life. You don't need all these yes folk. As yeah. soon Amen. as you and your husband get into it, girl, you don't need him no way. I don't like him no way. I don't like how he treats you no way. Now you need to get rid of that. Y'all better hear me. They telling you to leave your job, but they ain't leaving theirs. I wouldn't take that, girl. I go get me another job. <laughs> well, when you get another one, come talk to me. Right. I ain't leaving what I have. Because you ain't going to take care of me. Amen. Real fast. <laughs> right. you, you get what I'm saying? So now, so, now, so now all of this transpires because God has to process. In other words, yeah, greatness is in you, but you can't skip the steps. You can't go on the job and bypass everybody who has seniority and be mad because you ain't the president or the supervisor in six weeks. Earn your key. You get what I'm saying? Because real leaders don't need a title. Y'all don't hear me. There's some folk that you know don't have a title and folk will be going through all this kind of stuff and then this person just walk up just quiet and as soon as they show up, the whole atmosphere changes. Because there's something different about them. They ain't got no title. They just got some spirit. Amen. They just got a character that changes the atmosphere and all of a sudden, they just whisper something and folk get to moving. You've been screaming and hollering. and can't get them to do nothing. So you got to recognize that you got to respect the process. Can you say respect the process? Respect process? In other words, if you want a bachelor's degree, you got to go to class. you got to do the work. You can't be looking for the professor to give you a curve. Occasionally. But, but when you put in the work, that's different from just not doing the work and then expecting them to hook you up. Because when teachers know that you're trying, you don't have to ask them most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Because I had one that walked to us in the cafeteria and he said, you going to fail, you're going to fail, you're going to fail, you going <laughs> to fail, <you gonna laughs> fail, <you gonna laughs> fail. I was like, hold up. We, this is just a 2nd of class. What you talking about? we just getting started. My bad. I was like, drop, come on, come on. We're dropping this class right now. We ain't playing that game with him. Found out that was the best teacher in the school. You got to respect the process. Amen. And all he was saying, you can pass my class if you show up and put forth the effort. You ain't even got to get it right, but show up and put forth the effort. That's what he really meant. Huh? Just. All right. I'm running out of time, so I got to stop. I got to stop. Okay. Because the man said I ran over last week. I'm stopping. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Pelt Have you, have you, do you get a glimpse of why it's so hard to preach all this mm-hmm. in 20 minutes, 25 minutes? And then y'all be looking at the watch saying, he going long. He long-winded today. I got so much to say. <laughs> yeah, hold on to the paper because I ain't going nowhere. I'm be right here. I'm just on the front sheet. On the first side, I'm showing, you, I'm showing you how much dirt has transpired from verse 1 before you get to verse 14. Amen? All right. Come on, put your hands together if you know God's been good to you. We are grateful.